welcome to the Not For Nothing podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Natasha. And I'm your other co-host, Sarah. And today we are joined with a very special guest. We'd like to welcome Mary Jane Gibson. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. So excited to have you. Yeah, we're, we're talking about it forever. Extremely oh excited. <laughs> very excited. Um, so for those who aren't weed nerds like us, who like for us, you're a celebrity. Definitely. Um, no. Walk us through a little bit who you are, what you do. I am a writer and podcaster and sometime performer and maker of silly videos and things in general. I just I like doing stuff, making stuff, hanging out, you know. Incredible. In, in whatever way I can do it. <laughs> Love yeah. It. Yeah, we've been definitely like I've been reading your work for like a long time now. Yes. Like, since the beginning of my cannabis career. And wow. um Natasha, I know she's had some fun experiences. I think she booked your podcast Weed and Grub for an event in New York. Oh, a long that was time so ago. funny. I was telling Sarah about this. What? Yes. I was reminiscing about an event that I helped put on like what was what's 2017 now many years ago yeah six um do you remember an event for 21 for all of course so yeah i was doing this like event thing and we were like all right we're gonna like email all these people and hope people like come to new york to perform at this event and you came with mike and it was very cool that's right that was like we had just started out i think that might have been our first like trip somewhere to do something with weed and grub that is holy smoke shout out christina bucola yeah exactly that's right awesome yeah Everson, right? Exactly. Crazy. It was nuts. I was just like the social media person just posting away. Wow. Um, and it was really fun. It was kind of like yeah. the beginning of like New York. Weed media, weed events. Yeah, we were just trying to like do something crazy to make an impact for a greater good. Yeah. Yeah, and for there to be some like semblance of culture yeah yeah it was it, sort of was like a social justice then. component to 420 being like the next the day after you party like let's make yeah. sure that we direct attention to what's really going on with the like legalization movement right as as far as i remember yeah, they exactly were like, it was like that's so sick it was like yeah. because 420 the industry people are like working yeah so the next day have everybody from the industry like have a moment to relax to chill but also like the proceeds were going to three different organizations. And so we had, like had hit different aspects of cannabis, like veterans work, moms. Yeah. That's so cool. That's um, so funny. Like, I feel like the two of you have really tracked the evolution of like professional stuff around 420 because like when I started writing about weed, so I started working at High Times in like 2007. Wow. So nothing was really going on in the like world of legalization. There was just, you know, California had medical weed, but that was kind of it. So there weren't events or anything like that. So, you know, when I moved out here in, I think 2016 was, you know, when I really started like realizing that this was sort of like corporations were attaching themselves to 420 and all that kind of stuff. It was really such a big eye opener. And now it's so interesting to watch you tracking that on the East Coast as that's happening. Like, it's You're going weird. back and forth yeah. and seeing like what's happening. I, Cause I, just before we sat down, I was like, what's going on out there? And you're like, I'm from New York. I'm riding this yeah. wave, but I like, I've lost track of what's happening yeah. in that movement out there. And it, yeah, it's, it's so interesting. interesting. And like Natasha, like was there kind of to build it up, but she also has like withdrawn a little bit by moving to LA. Yeah. So like, Oh, okay. No, you have withdrawn <laughs> from like New York City Yeah, culture. I'm definitely, like, I'm not at the sesh these days. You're more likely to be at like a weed event in LA. Yeah, you're you know? buying your cases of water in bulk and then you're putting them in your car. Uh, yeah, I'm exactly. I'm driving to the grocery store these what? days. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's it's been quite the journey. Yeah. But it's good to have like I feel like representation for us like as friends on both sides because we both kind of are privy to what's going on yeah. across the country and yeah. it's nice. And I really saw that with that incredible uh, dinner that you guys pulled together that Jackie Bryant oh wrote God. about. That was just like that was a lot so of fun. heartening to see in the New York freaking times with like Jackie's byline and yeah. you guys working on that. And I didn't know about it when it was happening. So I was like, I fucking pulled that off fucking quietly because yeah. I was <laughs> in the studio with you, Natasha. We were like literally trying to anything. not post anything about it. We didn't yeah. want to like, because it's all like earned media stuff. So you never really want to mm-hmm. like jinx, jinx anything. It. Like misrepresent something. Exactly. And also we were like so overwhelmed. I want to do more dinners with more people so soon. Ugh. Me too. And I, like I do a lot of cash. Like I've been doing a ton of events in New York. Um, and I've been doing them almost like every other month. Yeah, it's I feel nuts. like and it's crazy because I don't even know, like, <laughs> I don't even know how it's happening. It's like a blur. The event is over and I'm like, whoa, like I just did that event. Like are you doing like all kinds of events, like dinners and corporate functions and everything or are you no. sort of sticking to like host it, hosting and party kind actually, of actually like some kind of hybrid of that like it's more like like a little food bar area of like a sesh like I love the idea of ha- if it all being a sesh and everybody's there to go come hang out and chill but if you want to buy something food related you can do that that's like how I'm hoping to like move forward and do things. Like the last event I did was uh, with Danielle Grecio and she, we did it at Rise Radio. So it was fun. So there was like live music there that was being streamed while people were hanging out and smoking and Grab sponsored it. It was awesome. Um, and we did four types of infused French fry. This was incredible. We I, you infused the fry or the like sauces, dips from, holy the sauces. Like aiolis? another, exactly. Yeah. I made like a creamy basil aioli. I made a... Uh, which went with a vodka sauce french fry oh. um and i like made i made the sauce and it has fresh basil on it and it's it's just so bomb with the creamy basil sauce was like the hit of the and then you event. had french toast ones no french toast ones vanilla whipped cream with um, what maple butter and you're making this as well mm-hmm. oh yeah i cannot wait to come to one of your i can't wait to events. cook for you I mean, i'm so excited it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah, because for our listeners yeah. who don't know, yeah. Weed and Grub is all about Weed and Grub. And you are quite the snack connoisseur and food specialist. Thank you so much. I mean, I feel like it was just, we just realized Mike, my co-host, Mike Glazer, who's a comedian, and I had met and we just loved talking to each other. Yeah. And then we were like, let's make a thing happen. So yeah. we started, you know, by just figuring out what we loved and we were like, well, we love smoking weed and we love eating food and we'd love yeah. to just have a platform to not only do those things, but to talk about the people who were actually really good at doing those things. Yeah, totally. So let's talk about, you know, weed and food with people in the space. And then it started expanding. We started realizing we really wanted to just talk to people who enjoyed those things about anything. And it became like totally cornerstones for conversations yeah. about literally anything. And then we started having people who didn't necessarily even smoke weed, but they would come on on the pod because they were like, I vibe with this. And then, so mm-hmm. it just expanded and expanded and expanded. And, you know, I think when we had Trixie Mattel Fun. on our pod, I was like, okay, we're, we're like in a moment, like a cultural moment where people are like, yeah. I just dig this sort of like, whatever this is, even if I'm not like part of the weed culture. Yeah. You no. Know? Yeah. It's like some, it's a certain type of curation, I would say. And that's like the thing about weed and food is that like, they're, they're both very curated. Like, 
if you're gonna have weed like usually we buy something really expensive and like talk about it the whole time as we're smoking it like what are you catching off of that like yeah you know and the same thing with food i think like if you're a flavor chaser flavor flavor chaser yeah but i feel like you've been having a new food adventure which we are both absolutely obsessed with oh um tell us more about your new social media adventures I mean, thank you so much for allowing me the space to talk about it. I'm obsessed with it. And it's us too. We are (laughs) absolutely. I come in so many times. You can ask Mark and I'm like, did you see MJ's newest post? Like this sandwich? Like this is like, it's incredible. Like I'm equally interested in what you're making and and what you're saying, what you're talking about. Thank you so much. That feels so good to hear, especially because you're both so good at what you do in social media. And I am not. It is not my comfort zone. So that truly means a lot like i've got little goosebumps yeah. right now. oh my Which, god no, no really for real. no, it really means a lot that we it's love resonating it. we really love it yeah. awesome i will take all the tips that you have after yeah, we wrap that's... because i need maybe some help growing it still but thank you so much it started it's just it's called at it's the mayo for me i'm on tiktok and instagram i'm making sandwiches and i'm talking about sexism and misogyny and that's kind of it but it started because i had written um a piece for high times they have like a op-ed column called weirdos where you just you've yes you know, see, it's like have you written one yet i, I have like not you guys- but your article was it like it really it changed stuff and it shook shit up thank you i was just trying to say like you know the promise of the cannabis industry was that it was going to be a fair and equitable one and yep. that we were going to do justice to to start with like social justice criminal reform components at the jump and then also letting marginalized people and women have a seat at the table and look what we're dealing with it's the same thing as always like yep. you know the people are talking to the people with money and those always are wealthy white men so like yep. let's Stop it while we can and like, let's do something about this. We, mm-hmm. we have the opportunity. Sex, sexism and misogyny are like on the rise right now, which is more crazy. than ever. Yeah. It's, it's just freaking wild. And so that was my piece. And I was like trying to be, you know, crack some jokes about it, but trying to say something serious. And um, they High Times posted it on Instagram and the, the bros came out in the comments and they were like, sexism is a myth. Shut up, you dumb. You know what? And then yeah. the thing that kept popping up was make me a sandwich. Shut right. up and make me a sandwich. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. And of course, you know, with a little bit of light Googling, it's like a crazy meme that's just, you know, designed by the alt-right to tell women to shut up and, you know, get in the kitchen. Know their, and place. Know their place. Yeah. And so I was like... Holy smokes, that's crazy. So I started interacting with these dudes and saying, I'm so sorry, I didn't know sandwich impotence was a thing and that you couldn't make your own sandwich, bro. (laughs) And they were so mad. And that conversation just started me thinking about how I wanted to make a bigger piece about it. And so I went to theater school. I'm a theater nerd. That was my life for a very long time. Sushi. Yeah, you know, and so like you always go back to like that's your default setting. You're like, mm-hmm. I'm going to make a piece. Yeah, totally. And that's where that started. I was like, I'm going to make a one woman show. Mm-hmm. And um, it's going to be like maybe inspired by Alison Leiby's show about abortion. She made a great uh I think it's called the abortion play. And I was like, I'm going to make a play about sexism and I'm going to make sandwiches for the audience. And then I went on a hike with my friend Lauren. And we took some mushrooms and we were on this walk and she was like, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, I miss being creative and I have this idea for a performance piece. And she was like, bro, that is a TikTok. Yeah. Why yeah. are you talking about making a one woman show? Yeah, that's exactly. so true. Because then <laughs> It's like it's all a one woman show now. Yeah, But then TikTok is an incredible way to then expand and then like get invited to other places to perform the one woman show yeah. like it's maybe you TikTok write has really changed the game for podcasts and comedy i agree like the discoverability that instagram like first gave 
disappeared and TikTok really took that over. Even yeah. our podcast wouldn't be here today Absolutely. if we didn't randomly have a rant about misogyny and cannabis so and true. about how we were tired of these boys in weed messing our lives up. And it went viral on TikTok. And we're like, fuck it, let's do a podcast. Fuck mm -hmm. it, let's, yeah. And and it's so fucking good. And you're so funny. And people love your clips. Like, they're hungry for funny, smart women saying shit that resonates. Like, it's yeah. a and great people, time. People are being very silent in weed because I think they got worried and scared good. and broke. And they should. It's, it's time to, like, speak more. Yeah. It is. You mean the people who got worried and scared who were quiet were the ones who were being loud about being jerks or? No, just like I feel like women got a little quiet. Oh, sorry. Because I, I was just like, good, all... they should shut oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, they should also <laughs> no, shut I, up. But I, don't um, mean... <laughs> but I feel I like a lot of like the, even I, I feel like haven't been as active as I used to be when I first started in this space. Right. And you get into situations where you work with certain companies totally. or you work with certain people you and you're like somebody off or yeah. you get tired too just the fatigue of it it's all. exhausting you're tired of also being like that person in the room yes that's true Ugh. yeah and i also have like i i'm you know my main income is as a cannabis journalist and so i do have to maintain some sort of like you know, I need to separate myself, obviously, from my very strong opinions when I'm writing about, you know, like yeah. an investigative piece in the yeah. cannabis world. Um, I can't have strong opinions, obviously, because it's not about what I think or feel. That's about like just reported facts. But in my private life, I was like, I do. I really want to start this conversation with all of the things that we all face just walking around on this planet, uh, not just solely related to corporate culture or weed culture or even bro culture, but like, let's just, you know, have a conversation about like our periods or our bodies or because, you know, like the sandwich that I was making today is about the bill in Florida that's going to prevent elementary school girls from being able to talk about menstruation. Like, it's just a wild freaking time. And so the sandwiches have like, some of them have really taken off. There's one that I just made that, um, it's the first one that kind of like blew up and it's got, I think, 400K on TikTok right now, which wow. is the big, by far the biggest. That's massive. Definitely. And I'm excited about that because I was like, okay, what I was trying to sort of look at what it was about it. And I think it's just like, it's a good sandwich. Mm -hmm. It's It looks delicious. Like people were like, what's the recipe with it? And I was like, okay, so it's got to be a good sandwich. It's got to be like a, a, a message that really resonates across about, it can't be too focused on anything. Like I think the, the, it's just interesting trying to check boxes and learn a new yeah. language because I don't speak this social media language in the same way as you both do. But it's a game. It's, it is a game. And I'll teach you everything I know. I need My to biggest learn. joy literally is like teaching other women how to use the tools I spend all these hours on Reddit like learning. And they're like free tools for now too. Yeah. So it's like accessible yeah. for anyone, you know. Um, But... Speaking of good sandwiches versus bad sandwiches, okay. What are your ultimate sandwich pet peeves, both of you? Okay, I I love a wet sandwich. So my ultimate sandwich pet peeve would be a dry ass, low condiment situation, and or a wrap. I do not like a wrap. Even I don't, for breakfast, I don't even know why they were really invented. Oh, like a breakfast wrap, that's like been a breakfast maybe burrito, riddled a little bit, or a breakfast. I love burritos. Yeah, where okay. do you draw the line between I'm a wrap like a, and a burrito? A raw wrap. I'm like the chicken Caesar wrap. You don't love the chicken you Caesar know, wrap? A, a spinach wrap, but you know what's I, the, I'm uh, with you, Hale and Hardy. Mm -mm. I feel you. I I'm with that. you fully. I'll yeah. eat a breakfast burrito, but I'm not using tortillas otherwise, unless for tacos or burritos. Yeah, yeah. don't love a, a wrap. I'm yeah. not into wraps. No. Don't like wraps. And I just don't like a dry sandwich. And I definitely have like 
when I'm making the uh, <laughs> sandwiches because I'm trying to make sandwiches and talk at the same time. Yeah. I'm not very good at it. Sometimes I get the condiments. A it's little hard. Out of whack. <laughs> there have been some people who were like, "Girl, that's so much mayonnaise." I'm like, wow. <laughs> You're like, "Well, I didn't want to pause it." So. Yeah, I just was going with the mayonnaise and saying something about abortion, and you know. But that stuff will go viral if you like. If it explodes everywhere, I'm sure that would just. <laughs> that is a hack. People intentionally do things yeah, it's... wrong to get corrected. Exactly. For the algorithm, learning, yeah, learning. So, yeah. What about you guys? What's your? But you're okay with a soggy bread if the sandwich is a like. Oh, yeah. I guess. What's your condiment? Like, where do you draw the line at too much condiment? I mean, who's like the soggy bread situation only happens if the sandwich sits around. So that would like really only be like a prêt à porter you know, made in the morning and then sitting on the shelf yeah. kind of sandwich situation. If yeah. I'm making sandwiches, I can goop it up in condiments and then eat it right away and it's not going to sog the bread. Very true. So That's a good point. I wouldn't buy a wet sandwich at like a deli necessarily, mm-hmm. but I would hope that I'm going into a deli and getting it like fresh order. Yeah. Would be my sandwich. So if you're choosing between, if you have the option between a seated roll and an unseated roll, what are you choosing? Seated. Always right? agree. It's free. Just it's, take the extra yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, and it's just like that extra take the little, yeah. little. Got to. <laughs> Literally free. Yeah. You, you got to check your teeth after. But. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Poppy seeds are becoming hard as like an adult with increasingly more fucked up teeth. Yeah. Get in there. Yeah. Poppy seeds are hard. Sesame seeds I can still rock with a little bit. Yeah. Do you carry toothpicks? I don't, but maybe that's maybe like that's an older adjustment. Okay. Remember make. how we all used to see like people with toothpicks? Yeah. I'm now that person. Yeah, but you want to know what the real that. New York floss hack is? What? The MetroCard? The MetroCard! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> MetroCard has it's so many perfect, uses. But it's like the perfect like... Well, I use like, it to take nails off. It's, the MetroCard is truly just... I don't know what material it's made of. I was, it's great. You know what's so sick? They're phasing out the MetroCard. I don't I don't know no. if it's fully happened, but we're using this like the you Omni. Tap, yeah, the Omni you tap to pay with Apple Pay now, uh, which is so yeah, so fucked up. Like as you I don't have imagine, to explain that not everybody really should is, have an iPhone. Not everyone has a us. bank account. Not everybody wants to be tracked. All mm-hmm. very bad, but um, yeah, my mom convenient sometimes, but not for all, which is what makes it. What fucked if you up. don't have battery? What if your phone dies? What if you don't have service? Yeah. Like so many what things. if you work in cannabis and no longer have access to traditional banking and so do not have like Apple Pay? What if you're experiencing homelessness and don't have a fucking what iPhone? Are, what if you are undocumented? Yeah. Uh, all wonderful what questions. What if you are squirreling money away from under your mattress to get away from your abusive partner and that's all that's, you fucking have to run and you yep. can't? Yeah. There's 100%, so many reasons. There's literally so many reasons for them to give you a second option. Yeah. But um, bring back the tokens. Bring back tokens. <laughs> Yeah. Um, bring back token jewelry. I feel like it's <laughs> was so funny. It. My sister used to make necklaces with the tokens. With some string. Um, I have on my Christmas tree. My family each one year got a Christmas thing made from Metro cards because I didn't have any money that year, and I made them these like origami balls for a Christmas Cute. tree because they're great for origami too. I don't know what they're made out of. This like hybrid plastic, cardboard, whatever. I want to like so. As I knew this phase out was happening, I was thinking like, I wonder if I can Google what material it is so yeah. I could stock up on a lot of it or buy like a lot on just a big sheet of it on Amazon or something like somebody's old Metro cards. They're just like, whatever, I'll sell it in bulk because I need them for my nails. 
but also like yeah you can make cool art like do you remember all the like people who would make the wallets <laughs> do you remember, like, the crisscross wallets <laughs> the woven ones <laughs> woven metro card <laughs> art was truly that is that was... like up there with like the duct tape wallet is yeah, that yeah exactly same, same vibe okay. it was the same, same type of recycling granola <laughs> yes and the seatbelt backpack oh it's my so god such a specific so time <laughs> Wow, I truly miss the early 2000s. Oh, me too. It was a different too. time. That was a good time. That was a good <laughs> time. Yeah. Bring back Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> but it does bring up an interesting topic, which is that in that era of the early 2000s, and when we started in cannabis as well in the mid 2000s, um, editorial was like kind of in like a heyday online oh my god like yeah that was the time that's i mean i was working so i'd moved to new york i was working you know a million different jobs to support my acting habit mm-hmm. i was doing like weird downtown theater and i was bartending and keto weedering and stuff and i met um the managing editor of high times at a party and she we became just great friends and ran around and hung out a bunch and then one day she was like out of proofreader and she was like do you proofread and i was like I kind of do. And I'm happy to like take a real quick class to just brush up on my skills. And that's how I started. And then I started copy editing. And then I got my first writing assignment. It was $100 for a 100 word review of a book. It was the um, memoir by the um, lead singer of fucking Fugazi or something. Oh, my God. And I got hot. I know. And I fucking got that's hot. It was fucking hot. Al Jorgensen, I think was his name. Is that his name? I'm totally saying the wrong name. That's not his name. I don't remember. Anyway, I got paid a hundred bucks for a hundred words. That's still, awesome. Still an unheard of rate. That's I an incredible know. rate. <laughs> and it was in print. A hundred words and is like three print. sentences. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, and I still remember I was so proud. I worked super hard on it because actually That's writing awesome. a good hundred words is for a very good hard. Movie, it was like a yeah. cool thing to have. And breaking it down into like, like yeah. being limited to 100. Exactly. Is, it's like an Instagram caption almost. Totally. Yep. And it takes like a lot. Of, I remember it's like they had amazing writers because at yeah. that time, so it would have been, yeah, 2007, High Times had some of the fucking best writers in the world. Yeah, I mean, it you know, was... like really huge contributors over the years. They've had all the sort of like big names. You know, they had Hunter S. Thompson and, you know, Norman Mailer and all, all these, you know, luminaries. Not a whole lot of women, unfortunately. Yeah. But, you know, they still they, they were doing, you know, some really interesting stuff with editorial. And so it felt really cool. And then I worked my way up to an editorial position in 2014 and. Like magazines were doing well. Yeah. It was an exciting time. And then right when I came in, because they didn't really know what to do with me, I was kind of randomly given a job because I'd just been like around and they were like, do you want like a full-time job? And you were like knocking those assignments out. Like you were like, they're like, okay, step one. And you're like excelling at it. Step two, excelling at it. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like showing up and doing a good job, even in. That's what we were talking about in our last episode was in cannabis the way you get opportunities is honestly just showing up and being down to clown. Yeah. Like if you're game. Yeah. If you're putting in your best effort. It's going to and- happen. Cause there's not like a job like placement agency. Well, there is now, but like there wasn't before like a Google search for jobs in cannabis. Yeah. yeah. It's very self-startery. Yeah, it totally was. And it was so much about like showing up just at parties and being willing to like, even help clean up afterwards yeah. down oh to like God. fucking working events and like starting to go to the cannabis cups and just literally like folding t-shirts whatever it was I did all of the things and yeah. I kept showing up and then they were like would you like a full-time editorial position and 
it was just so crazy to me that I would that that was my sort of like way into working being on the masthead of a print magazine absolutely with a you know the background that I have which was going to theater school which I was also very proud of but I was like how did I ever I never forecast that landing and it was also like um I think showing because I was never like really great with weeds specifically like I didn't ever have the palette or the knowledge but I was so fascinated by people who did and I was willing to like help them tell their stories and I mm -hmm. think that was also a big part of it was like showing up for all of the editorial staff who were already so good at what they did and being like I can also help you tell these stories in a better way like so I started working on digital and video and that was like the time when the, like the kind of digital arm of high times like yeah. bumped into making like YouTube content and that's so that's what I started working on as well as the lifestyle editor amazing wow. yeah yeah it, it was, was cool we started having like celebs come into the office and do like I got to interview killer Mike one day because he just showed up at the office and they were like can you sit down with him on camera and I was like I would there's nothing I would like more right than to sit down with killer Mike and chat that's with him so about cool. anything and yeah, so that was really, yeah, it was a big learning opportunity. Yeah, I feel like our teen formative stoner years were really dominated by like the peak of high times popularity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like other it was media hot. too. We were talking Mary about- Mary Jane was hot at that time. Very true. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, who else? That's why that like- Mary Jane was... the Snoop. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I remember when that launched like, and High that Times was, was like, oh, is this going to dethrone the, the, you know, looked, was, you know, was it worried was worried for a minute. It was promising at it the time. It looked great. There was Dope Magazine still before mm -hmm. it got mm -hmm. merged or acquired. And Vice was like king of New York. And Vice was, yeah. I, I mean, the Vice, Vice drug was coverage huge. was so good. I was a teen really was. in those years. Well, we were teens in yeah. those years in New York. Like, Vice was cool. Like, like you 2015? Would, you would know, like, Vice writers. And you would go to yeah. Vice parties. And oh, yeah. You'd take photos Like, everyone I went to college with, like, was getting their first jobs in media. Everybody was, was working at, at Vice. Vice. And yeah. everybody was getting absolutely abused. And it was horrible. Yep. And, it and was the parties all were legendary and legendary. Like and we were also talking about the shift in culture too, where it was like that was the height of like pop up culture. Yeah. Yeah. And like it was just starting and content creators weren't being paid yet. Like it was before influencers. They still showed up to shit because it was cool. And because it could just grow their account and make them popular yeah. people. Pre influencer. People Pre -influencer. won't show up anymore if they're not paid. Yeah. Respect. Wow. And I'm like, Respect. that's so crazy. I remember. I also don't leave my like, house unless it's for money. Really. I mean, same. I love how I <laughs> like say ever. people and I'm like the two of us. Yeah, like um, <laughs> content creators like us. <laughs> I feel you on that. I feel it's you. Like, it's hard to yourself. get out of the house. Yeah. Protect your space. But when I was 18, I was definitely showing up everywhere. Yeah. Leaving the house costs $300 now. And <laughs> yeah, that's your rate? That's how much it costs oh, to like leave the house. Yeah. Like physically. To like, break even on my evening, exactly. it needs to be 300 I mean, 300 bucks, really? No. Oh, it's so expensive in New York to exist. because you're Ubering everywhere. Well, like even when you're not, it's like going out like somewhere they have a minimum. Like I don't drink, but like buying weed, you know, yeah. like whatever it is that you're doing for the night, you end up spending like two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars. Yeah. If you Uber, if I Uber home to the city, it's like 50 bucks. each. Yeah, hour. it's become obnoxious. It's honestly. really I don't leave my I house. Know, that's why I don't leave my house. <laughs> I don't leave my house unless I'm going to your house. <laughs> <laughs> Which is in California. <laughs> At least a thousand so, dollars. Yeah, she's right. like 300 or a thousand. <laughs> Fantastic. Honestly, I get that. Go big or go home. Exactly. I'm very much that way. I'm coming over. <laughs> Which is awesome. Yeah. Um. Okay. So 
since you have more experience than we do at the sesh and in the comedy space, uh-huh. I don't know. If, I don't know about that. I feel like you two have a lot of experience, but oh, we I have no, no experience, okay. like zero at, at comedy spaces. Yeah, zero. Like a little, but not enough to be experts. minimal. Minimal. What are, okay. what are some top uh, top contenders in the worst people at the show category? Oh, the worst people at the show category in like stand up comedy, you mean? Yeah. Or in the industry as a whole. Uh, worst people in cannabis and or worst people at the show? Mostly just in comedy. Okay. Um, definitely. Oh, it's so tough because. Because they're all bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Well, there, there are like so many. I mean, it's just like anything. I was just watching. Uh, what was I watching the other day? Oh, bros. Have you seen bros? No. No. Um, I was watching bros and there's a there's this whole like um, boardroom conference and it's like basically a fight between all the different factions of the gay culture. And it's like it was just really interesting to sort of showcase like how within a culture there are a million subcultures. So never so it's true. Never a monolith. Right. Yeah. And that's so the case with weed and comedy. Like there are just a million different types of people in both worlds. I love comedians. I think they're so weird and smart and fucked up and they just see the world in the way that like has helped me through everything hard in my life. Like I just, I, I love them. And also they want me to like, they make me want to like pour bleach on my face. Like they are also like, so just hard to be around sometimes because they're like, they're, they're tough, you know, like they are tough. They're never off. I was I was watching I was listening to your um, podcast the other day and you were talking about how like you hate when people get high and then they start working on a song or something. Oh my god! Like- <laughs> <laughs> I'm such an asshole. <laughs> I I enjoy that my friends are creative. It was really <laughs> funny though because I was like you know that's one of the things about hanging out with any any group of people right like I used to go to the cannabis cups and I would always find myself in the circle with Danny Danko to just talking about mad fucking back crosses and I was 100%, like oh my god literally same yeah. Like, <laughs> You're just like standing there and you're just talking. You're in the weed nerd circle. Yeah. Always. That's where I always ended up. Yeah. Because it was always the most fun and interesting. But it was I was always like, how do I end up here? Why am I not over there talking to those other people? And in comedy, I always find myself talking to um, like the group of people who are like they're all just working on stuff all the time. So mm-hmm. it's just like bits, 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 bits. And it can be kind of like fun to um, just like be a fly on the wall because I'm not a comedian. So I can just yeah. kind of stand and observe. And that can be really enjoyable, but also sometimes it's like anxiety inducing because everyone's trying to like, like, yeah, they're playing like a social game too. Like they're like, this is networking. Like I'm working and you're like not working. You're just there. Yeah. And jokes are like a job. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Their jokes are a job. And that's so that's exactly the way to put it, because I've definitely been in those circles with Mike, who does jokes for a job. And he is, he is like thriving in that environment. And I can feel myself starting to like feel faint and yeah. need yeah. to sit down because mm-hmm. I'm like, this is not my job. So I guess like, yeah, I don't know if that answers about like who but the worst is. It's but, the comedians you know who treat the the hangout like a pitch meeting. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it can be sort of like, yeah, because then some of the very funniest people I know who have the crossover of like weed and comedy, like Mike or Gabrus is another one. Do you guys know John Gabrus? He's just like awesome. He's got a uh, podcast called High and Mighty. Everyone should check it out if you don't listen to yeah, it. Yeah, we'll link to, to check it. it yeah. He's yeah. great. And he is comedian first. Cool. Loves weed, right? And he is, I think, the energy that I'm always looking for, which is what you've, you're cultivating here, which is it's a, it's you can kind of like 
just hold the space and hang out. Yes. And nobody needs to top anything. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, it's funny when you come in under something. Yes. And that is very relaxing to me. I, I agree. That. I enjoy that a lot. Yeah. It's not like this is like a, like, I don't think podcasting is meant to be a one man show or like a monologue either. Like I kind of get a little bit bored with like. If people are being too performative. Yeah, exactly. Like we've switched actually in the beginning when we were making clips, we were kind of like, oh, like we should talk about things beforehand and then mm-hmm. script it. And now we're saying um, like we need to just talk about a topic and not speak about it until we're on camera. So it's a genuine surprise. Like, because, yeah. And then there's no need to top. It's like we come prepared with like our thoughts on the matter. Yeah. You know? And that's when you're in the pocket is when you're hearing things in the moment and you can riff on them yes. in the moment. And like that's that's like what I think everyone is always looking for in life, mm-hmm. in weed, in comedy, yeah. in music, whatever. It's like being perfectly – it's a – what's that? Um, I know there's the Higge. Higge, isn't that the Swedish word for like perfectly content yes. in the moment? I never heard of this. Like it's like – perfect aesthetics perfect like symbiosis like everything everything is just wonderful yeah or i know there's another there's a word in dutch gazellig i feel like you would know these things because you speak french (laughs) yeah we can we can look it up i don't think i know this one (laughs) but i do agree but finding that perfect is what i've always been in yeah we're just all in search of friends to riff off of yeah Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know those terms because I'm white trash. (laughs) We talked about this. You're Italian. (laughs) She's like, you're not white trash. You're Italian. (laughs) I will die on that hill. Um, Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) But this has been absolutely incredible. And we're so excited that we can all record our podcast in the same home here at Petty Cash. Proud Shout Petty Cash, Petty Cash. pedestrians. And yes, it feels it feels cool to like have podcasts like family. Yeah, because it's like it's we get nice. to then like eavesdrop on your stuff later. Yeah, and, you know, and like Liz is always here, and we're doing content together. It's fun to not be alone just in this journey, it talking is. to each other. It is exactly, really and nice. we need, like you said, we're happy to always help with social media stuff and. Thank you. Whenever. I hope, yeah, people will check it out um, and and help me learn and grow. Because, uh, yeah, I feel like with that last one, I was like, okay, yeah, I got to got to continue doing this. Let's see what we can do next. Um, cool. Are there any upcoming projects that you want to plug before Ew. we say goodbye to everyone? Uh, always Weed and Grub comes out every Wednesday. We've got some fun apps planned. We just did a 420 Blitz and had such a good time. So um, yeah, that's at Weed and Grub everywhere. And um, I'm graduating from the University of Vermont Cannabis Media Fellowship Program, and I'm working on a final presentation that I'm super excited to share with everyone when it drops. So we can't oh, wait amazing. to see it. I will update you. Congratulations. Thank you. So excited to see that. That's such a big deal. Thank you. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Um, you can watch the next episode of the Not For Nothing podcast on Tuesday, wherever you stream your favorites. I'm Sarah. You can follow me at How Can I Help You? Where can they find you? And I'm Natasha. And you can follow me at Natasha PRZ. Um, rate the podcast five stars. Not For Nothing. Not For Nothing pod on all platforms. See you on Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Bye.